my best bet was to get my friends and as many people to sell them as possible because as soon as I started selling them, everyone else is going to have a great idea to sell gummy bears or, or some other kind of candy. And so I hired most of my friends and I had almost all the other entrepreneurs essentially working for me, taking them out of the market before they could even do it themselves. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grownups, if you are like me, you love to read, but if we're being honest, it doesn't happen. The time just flies and the intention does not become reality. So do what I do. Get the intel you want in a way that matches your schedule. I recently started using the Blinkist app and I love it. It puts the content of books that you want to read into powerful summaries called blinks, usually just a minute at a time. A whole book can be 15 minutes-ish, just like this podcast, right on your favorite device. Text or audio totally fits your lifestyle. I am obsessed. Go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist for a free trial and to support the show. Sometimes the best way to beat the competition in business is to hire them to work for you before they can compete against you. Get them on your team. That works in your personal life too. We're going to talk more about that along with how our guest didn't get caught with his school-based gummy bear business. Yes, it was very much under the table. First, welcome everyone here at the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. We talk with high achievers who share money stories that made a real impact in their life and the lessons that they learned from them. If you like the podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you automatically get new episodes. We have some fantastic ones coming up. And also, by the way, take a few minutes to show your love by leaving a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We need them to help grow the audience. Big thanks to those of you who have already left kind words for us. Our guest today is Brian Weisfeld. He is the author of The Startup Squad, a book that is technically a children's book for kids about ages 8 to 12, but really the concepts are what you would get maybe in more detail in any business course. There's a lot more to consistently profitable lemonade stands than meets the eye. And given Brian's background as an entrepreneur behind companies like IMAX and coupons.com, he knows a lot. And in case you were wondering, he is still very much obsessed with gummy bears. It will all make sense after you listen. Here is Brian Weisfeld. Brian Weisfeld, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have you because you are the co-author with Nicole Keir of my favorite new book for kids, not little kids. These are sort of, I would say, middle school kids maybe called The Startup Squad. Yep. Eight to 12 year olds is the target. Eight to 12 year olds. And I have an 11, almost 12 year old. So my son fits right into that zone. So this is perfect for our family. I actually recently recommended it in a roundup on CNBC and Acorns. We'll leave the link to that article in our show notes. And now bonus, I get to have you on the Financial Grown Up podcast. So I'm so excited to have you. That makes two of us. You are a serial entrepreneur. You you were involved in a number of 
many big startups like coupons.com, the IMAX theaters that we all love. And now you've sort of transitioned to the author life. You were inspired though by your daughter. Yeah, I saw my nine-year-old daughter attempt to sell Girl Scout cookies and run a charity bake sale with her friend with far more enthusiasm than idea about how to market and sell a product. And that was what inspired me to create this novel series to get kids, primarily girls, to open up that first lemonade stand and start to think like an entrepreneur. Right. Not just make it a fun project, but actually make use business principles and smart strategies. Absolutely. Start with the fun of the lemonade stand or the bake sale, but then learn what I call a lemonade stand MBA, life lessons that uh, you can learn from a simple lemonade stand. All right. I want to come back to that because we're going to talk more about the entrepreneur mindset and how it can start as young as these, you know, eight to 12 year olds. And you're going to share with us as your money story, your, was it your first business? It was all about gummy bears. You bought a lot of gummy bears, Brian. It definitely was my first business. And I think I was in sixth grade at the time. I somehow managed to buy a hundred pounds of gummy bears in bulk. And um, I hired my friends to sell them. And we sold them in, in our elementary school. And uh, my father was an accountant, and I recently found the the paper ledger that I kept with the sales of all my different friends, and I'm proud to say I was the highest salesperson as well as the founder of the company. Where did you get the idea to sell gummy bears, and how did this business actually function? Where did you get the capital to start it? I was always interested in business and took birthday money and, and allowance money and pulled it together to buy these gummy bears. And I knew my best bet was to get my friends and as many people to sell them as possible because as soon as I started selling them, everyone else was going to have a great idea to sell gummy bears or, or some other kind of candy. And so I hired most of my friends and I had almost all the other entrepreneurs essentially working for me, taking them out of the market before they could even do it themselves. So you basically hired the potential competition to make sure they didn't start competing businesses. Exactly. Do you remember why you chose gummy bears? What was it about that product that appealed to you? Did you think about better profit margins, for example? I mean, what was it about gummy bears? I liked gummy bears. That was it. And I do school visits now and I tell the kids that I sold 100 pounds of gummy bears. And then I tell them, well, actually, I ate two pounds of the gummy bears. So I really only sound 98 pounds. How business savvy were you at the time? So your book goes into things like pricing strategy, profit margin, marketing, and so on. And also, by the way, dealing with competition and what's fair competition and what's not fair competition. How much of that did you use when you were building your gummy bear business? I definitely had a sense of profit margins. I knew exactly what I was paying for the gummy bears. I knew how much I wanted to essentially sell them to my sales team. And the ones that I sold for myself, I definitely had a higher profit margin on, but I uh, didn't want to get stuck with 100 pound of gummy bears. And so having my friends essentially selling wholesale to them allowed me to make some profit and also take some risk off the table as well. And what was the biggest challenge at the time? Not getting caught. Oh, it wasn't above board? What was going on there? Well, they you're not really allowed to sell candy in schools. And so- Oh, you were selling it in school? Okay, because yeah. in your public stand is actually a school-sanctioned project. This was not officially above board. Yeah, so hopefully my old principal is not listening right now. All right, what is the lesson for our listeners from your gummy bear story? So I would say two things. One is to think like an entrepreneur. Even if you don't want to start your own business, the value of that entrepreneurial mindset to see opportunities where other people see problems and to get comfortable with risk and to realize that failure is only what happens when you don't try. It's not what happens if you don't succeed. That mindset can make you more successful regardless of what you want to do in life. 
And then the other thing I would say is the value of the team. Um, I hire the, the friends of mine were, these were my friends. They were all smart people. I knew they were aggressive. And these were people I knew I wanted to work with and I would be successful working with even in sixth grade. So you vetted the team, but sometimes people say, oh, it's not good to have friends work for for you. Maybe work is equals, but working for you can often really strain a friendship. I completely agree. It is a very high risk, high reward strategy. Certainly there's a trust factor that happens with friendship, but it is clearly a challenge. In this case, it was pretty easy because they were almost subcontract. I was selling them gummy bears at wholesale and, and they were then going and reselling. Yeah, well, it sounds like you also knew their character. And because they were effectively independent contractors, the risk was on them and the reward was on them in terms of they were basically running their own mini businesses and you were effectively providing the merchandise, but you weren't necessarily controlling how much they made or or it was up to them. Totally agree. I wasn't working with them on their sales pitch or their marketing or those sorts of things. They were just buying the gummy bears from me and and going off and doing it. And you never got caught. I never got caught. And none of those guys were caught. Wow. I'm telling you, I, I'm afraid of the phone calls I'm going to get after the podcasts from my from my old administration. Well, just donate some books. They'll be, they'll be happy. <laughs> so tell us your everyday money tip actually is something that I have been working on. So I was so happy to see it in the pre-interview form that you filled out. Yeah, this is always a personal favorite. And I've been doing this for a few years. I probably started it when things were, were uh, just looking to, to save some money. Essentially, every subscription you have, it's a newspaper, it's a cable provider, it's uh, entertainment, it's satellite radio, whatever it is, call them and cancel. Just tell them you want to cancel because it's too expensive. They'll put someone on the phone with you and you will get a much, much better price. I've had price savings of probably 50 to 70% on some of my subscriptions just by calling and saying, I want to cancel. And what if they won't budge and you still do want the service? Well, that hasn't happened to me yet. I'm usually pretty careful about saying it's too expensive. What can you do? And if they say, hey, there's nothing I can do, I'll say, well, other promotions or other things. Is it worth calling back? And a lot of times they will tell you, well, the year end or the quarter end will run something. So maybe check back with us then. Can you give us a specific story that illustrates how you do this? Yeah. So the one... I hope this doesn't cancel my satellite radio subscription. <laughs> uh, I have satellite radio in one of my cars, and uh, I think they charge $15 a month or something like that. And um, I called to cancel, and I got a six-month subscription for like $30. So five oh, wow. instead of $15 a month. And you just put, I leave myself a little calendar invite at the end of six months, call them back, and cancel it again and, and extend that same program. I think that calendar invite is the key thing because a lot of these companies, and look, they're trying to do business, so more power to them, but they count on the fact that you will forget that you that it's only a temporary break on the pricing and that you'll forget and then they'll bump you back up. So you put the calendar invite in so you know when you need to cycle back and go back and ask for that discount again. Brian, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about The Startup Squad because, like I said, this is a great book. It's not just a great book for kids. It's a great book for adults to learn from themselves because, frankly, these concepts apply to everyone who wants to start a business. That's the really cool thing. You even have a guide in the back that goes through the basic principles of starting a business. Yeah, we actually thought of this for adults and for kids. So for kids, what we do is we realize you can explain to a kid what marketing is and they may or may not remember it. But if you tell a fun story about a kid and the kid remembers that they had a giant sign and it was so big they couldn't even carry it and it was knocking into people 
And then you say, hey, that sign, make a big sign. That's called marketing. They'll remember that. And the other part of it is uh, to, you know, as a business guy, I came up with a lot of these tips, but I also got advice from, and we have a thank you to in the book, the heads of the entrepreneurship programs at University of Michigan's Ross School of Business and Stanford University's Graduate School of Business. So we had actual entrepreneurial experts take a look at the back matter where we explain the business concepts. And so, yes, they're, they're for children of all ages. And the business concepts, while presented in an age-appropriate way, are not that basic. I mean, there, there's it's a sophisticated bunch. I mean, you go into design and branding, you go into innovation, you go into crowdsourcing opinions and market research, pricing strategy, profit margins, organization, dealing with competition, dealing with imposter syndrome. I mean, I clearly made a list of points that I thought were awesome in this book. There's a lot of real substance here. The goal from the outset was to get kids to inspire them to open up that first lemonade stand and then give them some information and tools to be able to do it successfully. And then also to give them some aspiration. So we have an interview with an actual kid entrepreneur in the back of the book, this girl named Sarah Sose, who's got an amazing business. So kids can realize, wow, I can start a business and it could be a big thing as well. And for the entire series, we have mapped out all the business concepts that we want to include in each of the books. And we're hard at work on book number two right now. We're going to focus there a little bit more on pricing and budgeting and business plans. So you're going to niche down a little bit. So tell me more on that note. You're on book two. What is the plan for this series and where can people find out more about it and about you? The startupsquad.com is our website. We have a ton of resources for adults and for kids. We have interviews with kid entrepreneurs. We have tips for parents. We have reviews and recommendations of other books that have an entrepreneurial theme to them. So the startupstraw.com, we also have links to all the major booksellers. You can buy this at wherever books are sold, independent bookstores. Target is actually carrying the book nationally. We are have a lot of other plans about doing, we've got some in-school programs that we're doing. We have teacher's guides. We have activity kits that go with the book. We want to reach and impact kids, primarily girls, wherever we can. Love it all. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Before we get to my take on the interview, I have some exciting news to share with everyone. I recently became totally obsessed with an app. It is called Blinkist. It summarizes books to just about 15 minutes. Yeah, kind of like this podcast, about 15 minutes. In fact, you can even listen to one minute chunks at a time. They call them blinks. So now I have been cruising through several books a day at a time and loving it. So much so that I actually reached out to Blinkist and was able to bring them on board as a partner to the Financial Grownup Podcast because I want you guys to have this too. I know how precious your time is. Please use my link, bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. You'll get a free trial and then report back to me what your favorite blinks are so I can thank you for supporting the show. Again, the link is bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. Let me know how you like it. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one. Let's talk about the concept of frenemies because it speaks to being practical about people that aren't really your friends, but you don't want to be your enemies. So you make them allies carefully. Although I have no doubt Brian's friends were genuine in that case, he did recognize that if he didn't get them on his team, they could create another team that would compete with him. If you have a goal and there is someone that could potentially become a stumbling block, think of a way to get them on your side. 
Instead of fighting them for a bigger slice of the pie, find a way to work with others to help to grow the pie. Financial grown-up tip number two, don't buy too much stuff. I admit this is only tangentially related to the story, but I can't help but think about it in this age of going to Costco and the economies of buying in bulk and all the mistakes that I have made and my family has made. I couldn't help but notice that he did mention that at least a part of the reason that he outsourced some selling was that he simply bought so much. It was fine for his business, it all worked out, but in our lives, unless you have a huge need and a lot of storage space, it's okay to buy small, even if it seems like a bargain, buying more than you need rarely, rarely gets you ahead, especially if you don't have a need for it and you're not gonna use it anytime soon. Big thanks to all of you for being here and investing your time and attention. I would love your feedback. Be in touch on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel. Everyone go out, get a copy of Brian's book, The Startup Squad for yourself, and then pick one up to give to a young person that you care about as well. And thank you to Brian Westfeld for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.